Welcome to the 20-something Trials Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Denicio, and this is the show dedicated to navigating your 20s. Each week, you'll hear from a guest who has walked through an array of trials, triumphs, and more. My goal is to bring you tangible tips to help you grow into the woman you are destined to become. I started this podcast to connect with others, have real conversation about womanhood and career and life, and learn from the incredible groundbreaking people who I admire, and I know you will too. There is so much truth to be learned from our trials and in those of others. So together, let's explore all of the things that make us who we are and grow into the women we are meant to be together. Happy Wednesday, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of 20-something Trials. I am joined by the lovely Brittany Diego today. Brittany, thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Good. So go ahead. Give us, give us the rundown. Give us the rundown on who you are. So I am an LA-based fashion stylist. I also mentor aspiring stylists, and I'm all about all things fashion, all things making your dreams become a reality. So that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I love it. I love it. And so I'm excited because I have never had somebody on the show who's in the fashion world. So this is something I am not very familiar with. Um, so I am very interested just in what this world is like, what your journey has been. Um, but I want to start with our initial question of, you know, when you think back to your post-grad self, so maybe let's say like 22 years old, if you had a quote unquote, like traditional path, um, is this where you envisioned yourself? Not, not at all. I mean, it has definitely been more than what I could have imagined. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been a wild ride. And of course, you know, we have this certain idea of what it's going to look like. I thought I was going to graduate and walk into any fashion company and just get a job because I did so many internships while I was in school at some pretty big companies. So I was like, my resume is straight. I'm good. And then it was just not like that. It was so difficult. Like, yeah. <laughs> did not prepare us for the real fashion world. So um, I had a very different journey than what I imagined, but I mean, I love it. I'm doing what I love and also um, teaching other people how to do what they love as well. Yeah. And now, so you went to a fashion school, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I majored in fashion design. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And so <laughs> what were, what were some of these internships that you had? Take us through those. <laughs> Um, so one of my biggest internships was at BCBG, okay. um, which is, Ooh, yeah, so they're an LA based company and I'm very grateful for that experience because all my life I thought I was going to be a fashion designer. Like you couldn't tell me anything else. And then when I got a design internship there, I was like, this is what designers do. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> No, thank you, Nancy. <laughs> so it exposed me. I'm grateful though because that company is so huge. They do everything in one in one building. So I got to see pattern making, textile design, the merchandising, the styling. And when I saw the styling, I was like, 
this is her job to do photo shoots and dress models. Like, I want to do that. Why wasn't I ever told about this? So that's what really sparked my interest in styling. And that was between my sophomore and junior year. And I did a variety of other internships too. Just, I really recommend that if there's any college students listening, do all sorts of internships because you might think you want to do one thing, but when you actually see what that occupation consists of, you're like, oh my God, like this is not what I thought. And you might find different passions. So um, some of my other internships were trend forecasting. I got to go to the trade shows in Vegas, Magic, and um, get to see the vendors. And I also did color forecasting, which I didn't even know was a thing. Like there's so many jobs in fashion that aren't talked about. So those internships exposed me to a whole new world. And I swear, you know, when we talk about this a lot on this podcast of if you guys are in college, try to get as many internships as you can in different arenas too. You know, obviously you've got to almost stick within your major, but for somebody like you, like fashion is broad. And then, like you said, you were able to find that design really wasn't what you wanted and styling is what really ended up like capturing your heart is what it sounds like. Yes, absolutely. So like, this is what I want to do. I just had no idea it was a job. Which is so great because you know what, if you hadn't been exposed to it and if nobody had told you, like, why would you have known, right? Exactly. So you graduate college. Do you immediately enter the, the role of a stylist? What does that look like for you? Um, so after I graduated, I did a couple of temp styling jobs for e-commerce companies. And I actually had to end up getting another internship. And I was like, oh my God, I have a whole bachelor's degree. Like, why am I going back to the internship stage? But you know what? I did what I had to do. And that job, um, that internship, they ended up hiring me onto um, onto the company. And I think it's because my mindset going into this was, I'm gonna treat it like a job. Like, they're gonna hire me. Like, I'm at the point, I can't keep doing internships like that. So they ended up hiring me and then they ended up laying me up. (laughs) And then I was just like, okay, the universe is clearly telling me that I should not be working for somebody else because it's just not working out for me. Like I had some nightmare interviews and like just, Mm. just crazy experiences and that you know, post-grad first year. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm 22 or 23 and however old I was that that then. And I don't have kids, you know, I don't really have to worry about much responsibility. So I'm just gonna go full into this freelance styling, celebrity styling world and just jump in and see what I can make happen. And so I set my goals and I said, you know what, I want to do this. I want to be in magazines. I want to stop for a carpet. And I I did that. I mean, it wasn't as simple as that sounds, but you know, I, I made it happen. So I just took that frustration of not getting hired and then being fired and then just channel that into making my dreams come true. So I want to, I want to spend some more time unpacking more so of what you just said, right? First of all, and you, I think this was even your response when we talked about this in our intro meeting that you're like, yeah, I got laid off and you know, and you like laugh through it. And I'm like, oh my God, like, it's just, but it also, <laughs> right. But it's, it's a testament truly to yeah. where you are now. And I'm sure you're like, thank God 
I got right? fired. I got laid, whatever the situation was. Thank God, because look at all the awesome things you've accomplished. And if you guys didn't hear the, the few key words that Brittany just said was celebrity stylist and red carpets. Like she said she did it. So I feel like wherever you are, you should be giving her like a little bit of a round of applause right now because that is major. That's so awesome. Thank you. So awesome. So let's dive into this. You just get, get laid off. You're going through these nightmarish experiences interviewing. What is the tipping point for you where you're like, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to go work for myself. It was definitely that last job experience because when they hired me, they didn't hire me as a stylist. They hired me as like a sample coordinator. And that was basically, I was a justified UPS person. Like I was just like handle shipping and handling clothes, the incoming clothes, tagging them, making sure they know like where to, what department to go to. So it wasn't my passion. Um, but you know, it was a check and it was within a company. I enjoyed the company, but they weren't using my talent to its highest potential. So of course I think that's why I wasn't performing at my best. And, um, you know, I heard through the grapevine that some people were talking about my performance and um, those same people now are talking about how proud they are of me, but they don't know that I know. Anyways, that's what I know. <laughs> that the fashion industry is so small. Like everyone knows everyone and word is going to get back to you. If you're listening and you want to work in fashion, do not talk about anybody because you don't know who they know. Sidebar. <laughs> but yeah, that experience, I was just like, this is not what I want to do. And I, I saw that, it was going to take a while before I moved up in that, um, in that company because people stayed there for so long in their positions, which is great. But I was like, you know what? I'm an Aries. I'm impatient. Like I need this to happen for me now. I need to like, I need to do what I can. So I just decided to take the reins of my future and do what I could with my own hands. So I love that. I love that. I need to take the reins of my own future. That I'm writing that down right now. I think that's so powerful. And it's something that we all we all need to hear and you know, for somebody like you who you were forced into this position, but you know, if you whatever your beliefs are, right? That it's God or the universe being like you can do this. You've got this. Yes. So yes. where does is this is this what fashion mentor then is born out of? Okay. So let, let, I want to talk all about this because you've got a pretty kick-ass business right now. So talk to me about where Fashion Mentor, where does the idea come from? Where does the execution come from? Walk us through these beginning stages. Yes. So Fashion Mentor was technically founded in the last year of my, of my senior year of college. And I really started, you know, getting out there, getting those internships and starting to think about my future seriously because I was about to graduate. So I was like, okay, let me, you know, create a blog about, you know, what I've learned on fashion industry interviews and, um, you know, things that they don't really teach us about. So um, I kind of, you know, left it to the side for a little bit. And when I got fired, then I revisited, I revisited it. <laughs> I kind of put it off to the side for a little bit. And then when I started pursuing styling seriously and started getting traction in my career, then I started getting people on Instagram DMing me and they were like, oh my God, I want to do, I want to do what you do. How did you do that? How can I do that? And I was like, oh yeah, I'll tell you, you know, like, because a lot of people in the fashion industry, they're just like, um, very secretive and they have 
I feel a scarcity mindset that they don't want to share that information because of fear that someone else might take their spot. But I, you know, I'm open. I'm an open book. So I, I tell them that. I remember you saying that when you ask somebody, they're like yeah. appalled that you would even dare ask a question. Literally. Like and I can ask something like, how did you get started? Which isn't, you know, I think that offensive. And they will be like, giving me vague, short answers. Like, <laughs> like learning how you got started isn't gonna like put I'm not coming for your business. Exactly. Like, I'm just a curious soul. Like, I just want to know. I mean, I'm nosy, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so it got to the point where I had so many people asking that I wrote a copy and paste response that I could just send out to people. And then I was like, okay, if this many people have that question, then let me revisit the blog and create posts about this so I could just refer them back to it. They could tell their friends. And so it grew from there. And um, I decided, you know what, we live in this social media world. Everything is, you know, our phones. And I don't think anything can ever replace that human connection. And we see that now, especially, you know, in the state of the world we're living in with the pandemic. So nothing will ever replace human um, connection. So I started doing stylist panels and little mixers and events so people could start building their network in the industry and just learning from other stylists who aren't me because I'm not like, I am the fashion mentor. You should only listen to me, (laughs) you know? I want to bring more perspectives as well. Um, So yeah, I started as a blog and then it has turned into events um now we have our own fashion career con annual conference so and online classes so it's turned into this whole thing just teaching people everything that i wish i learned when i was in fashion school you know the the coolest thing as somebody who is not in this world the coolest thing that i i am getting from what you do is that you saw a need and you recognize that people were coming to you time and time again and you filled that need by giving people what one you probably wish you would have had and also what would have helped you or what has helped you and that i'm sure you have impacted so many people's lives especially like you're saying if the norm is Mm-mm, don't ask don't tell how is anybody going to be, I don't want to say you can't be successful without it, but help somebody out. I mean, we're put on earth to help each other. So the least you can do is give me a little bit of insight. So I think it's amazing that you're also doing something that might not be, I don't want to say like, it might be frowned upon by other people in the industry, um, which is something that we could get into, but good for you for being like, no, screw that. We need to help each other. And also there's a business side of this here that we're missing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Get it right on the nose. Amazing. Yeah. So I want to hear more about when you really took that jump. What was the, because you said, you know, you're getting all these messages, same, you know, copy and paste response. What is it in you that's like, you know what, there's something more here that I could be doing? I would say when I was getting responses back from my followers and they would say, oh, thanks to your tips or thanks to what I learned on your website, I got an internship with a big celebrity stylist and I got to help at the Oscars or I got to, you know, dress somebody for the red carpet. And I was just like, oh my God, like this, this, this stuff works, you know? <laughs> so I was like, you know, okay, you know, giving advice here and there, but I was like, this can be like 
I can help more people. Uh, if I'm helping people on a local level, imagine if I just, you know, scale this to something bigger. So that's when I knew that I was onto something. Now for something like this, do you need funding? Cause you're starting a business. So was there a ton of overhead involved or was it more so just nose to the grind hard work? Yes, definitely. So uh, I, as you heard my background, I'm like straight up fashion design. So I never took a business class. I never took a marketing class. So I basically learned everything by trial and error and watching other people and seeing what worked for them and what doesn't work. So I took all of that knowledge and then I started creating digital products to fund the company. Mm. And then I basically like took the profits from that and just started, you know, funneling it back into the company and helping grow more things, put out ads, you know, make more products, wow. um, host, host um, class platforms. So I just took the money from the initial profits and basically, I don't want to say flipped it, but I flipped it. <laughs> yeah. And be <laughs> proud of that. Yes. And now, so yes. the, the bulk now, and please correct me if I'm wrong, the bulk of this is a social presence or it's more so in person presence because that reaches, you know, infinitely more people. Okay. Um, but the goal is definitely to take this global. Okay. So let's talk about building up a social presence because you've done an exceptional job about that. And now you even said you're, you don't have business, business experience. So I'm going to go ahead and just assume that you don't have like that social media marketing experience. You know, you focused in on fashion. So same with this, how do you build and scale to the amount of followers? And I, I think last time I checked, you're at like 17,000 and you, you guys really started within the last, what, year or two? Yeah, two years. Um, it'll be two years in August. Next, That's next awesome. Yeah. So talk to me about what that looked like in terms of growing on social media. So I would say because I'm a millennial, I feel like it's like in me <laughs> to, um, you know, really know how to use social media. So it's kind of like second nature. I just post, like you said, the things that I wish I had and I know my audience. And I think that helps tremendously in my growth because I'm literally giving them exactly what they want because I'm so similar to my audience. The majority of fashion mentor followers are aspiring stylists, women who are majority black and brown women. And they live in big cities like LA, New York, and Atlanta. We have a significant amount of followers in London. Shout out to London. <laughs> but they are in these big cities. The opportunities are there. They just don't know where to get it. Mm. So they just don't know how to get their foot in that door. So I feel like because I look like most of my audience, you know, millennial women of color, mm -hmm. they see themselves in me. They can relate to me. And they feel comfortable coming to me asking questions and that, you know, word of mouth, that referral, it's super strong and it still works in the social media age. So, you know, they, they'll share a post with their friends and they'll um, comment on something and they'll tag their friends. So it just grows organically like that by them sharing and spreading the word on my behalf. So yeah, yeah. I would say that's definitely how we've grown the most. Yeah. Amazing. And you know, I, again, like I, you know that term, like, be the person you needed when you were younger? That's what I feel like that's who you are. And that you're not just that for one person. You're that for this, this community of primarily women who are looking to you for this. And, like, you, you just – you should be so proud. And I hope you are proud of the stuff that you've done and the work you've done. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. So I want to hear a little bit about, now you have a team, right? You have interns? Yes, yes. Okay. So what is it like for you now managing a team in your own company? So it's definitely been a learning experience for me because, you know, again, I've never been in this position before. So um, I'm just operating from a place where I want them to definitely learn because I know, especially in the fashion industry, I don't know, you know, I can't speak for other industries, but in the fashion industry, a lot of people take advantage of labor and I, I've been in that position myself and I never wanted anyone to walk away from, you know, an internship with me and say, oh yeah, I just did all this work and I didn't learn anything. So I always want them to be learning something. So I, I'm learning how to, you know, give them projects and give them more responsibility. I'm a very type A person. So I feel like it was so hard for me at first because I'm the type of person that's like, if I'm not the one doing it, then it's not going to get done right. <laughs> But at the same time, I can't scale a company if it's just me doing the social media, doing the emails, you know, doing outreach, um, planning the events and like do, making YouTube videos. Like I just can't. It got to the point where I was just like, I can't do all this by myself anymore. So um, it really helps having a team of people who are just as passionate about what you do. I mean, they're not they're not people that um just you know randomly applied they like actually love fashion they love what it's about they're learning from me they're learning you know of course you know they get access to everything so they're they're learning as well so that's like my number one priority and i always want to make a safe space for them to be able to come with come to me and ask me anything and i learn from them too you know of course i'm not good at everything i have this um, you know, my team is amazing, but this one girl, she is a PR powerhouse and I am learning so much from her and she is so passionate. She told me this is her dream job. So I'm just, you know, very grateful to have people in my corner that fully believe in the fashion mentor vision. Yeah. Yeah. And so now are the, is your team comprised mainly of interns? Do you have anybody who is full-time yeah, so it's mainly interns right now. Like yeah. this is really recent, like just like yeah. a couple months ago. Cause I was like, I I I have all these products. Yeah, like I have all these upcoming things. So it's it's time to start, you know, slowly bringing people on. But they my goal is to definitely have a full-time team. Yeah. So for our listeners who um may be in a similar position or they do um advise and run a team, what are some of the the qualities that you look for um in people that you're bringing on into the fashion mentor world? The qualities I'd say I look for the most are people who take initiative and people who they spot what needs to you know get done or they might see a problem area that i might be too busy focusing on something else that they you know take care of it without having to come to me like oh you know i saw this happen but i don't you know like they take initiative so that's like the number one thing for me is because i don't have time to be you know micromanaging. I, I don't want to be a micromanager. Right. So definitely having people who take initiative and again, who are passionate about um, what the mission is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, because I, I think, you know, that's one of those things where for you, I imagine it's even more, I don't know the right word for this, but it's, it's personal because it's your brand. You're not the hiring manager at this other, you know, company. You yeah. are bringing people into your world or like working directly with you on this brainchild of yours. Right. So the stakes are a little bit higher, I would imagine in your case. 
Yes. So I definitely, I refer to it as my baby. Yeah, it is. It's your baby. And she's two years old. So she needs all the love in the world right now. She's just a toddler. So (laughs) um, I want to hear a little bit about the entering the world of being a celebrity stylist, because this is a very, from my perspective, this is a very glam job, right? So is it as glamorous as what it's made out to be? Or is it like Gossip Girl when we figure out that like New York City is actually so expensive and dirty? Yeah, that's pretty much a good, uh, accurate discussion. (laughs) But I mean, you know, there's the glamorous parts, but for the most part, it's definitely not. And I always stress that to my followers because, you know, they come to Fashion Mentor, they see the end product of what I do. Um, You know, the beautiful posts, the beautiful dresses and magazines and all that. Um, But I'm very transparent and I tell them, you know, you're going to be lugging your body weight in garment bags and you know spending all this time you know dealing with certain personalities like there is a reality show for the fashion industry like the real fashion industry like you guys would be like oh my god (laughs) like it's very interesting but you know what you have to love the process that's the thing you're not going to survive in this if you don't enjoy the process so you know like with everything else there's its pros and cons and you know the goods and bads with everything yeah yeah absolutely so without giving names without they <laughs> don't want to get you in trouble have you had an experience with somebody who's a little bit more high profile that was just like god awful let me think Hey. I hope the answer is no. Like the, the good side of me is like, I hope not. And then like the juicy part of me is like, <laughs> what happens? It It's not like, you know, it's not like the whole like Naomi Campbell throwing a shoe at me. Like nothing like <laughs> that has ever happened to me, luckily. But I have dealt with some people with nasty attitudes and I'm just like, you need a hug. <laughs> like, no. Come here. Bring it in. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely people there that are just, you know, how can you be so miserable? Mm. But I, you know, I'm very aware of where I place my energy and I don't want to, you know, give that any. So I just leave them, leave them be, mind my business, drink yeah. my water, you know, <laughs> do my thing. <laughs> so now what is the process of styling somebody? That's a and great- talk to me like, like I know, I, cause I don't, I know nothing about this. So break it down in the most specific, like the most simple level for us. Okay. So, um, styling broken down is I meet with my client. I get to know what that client is looking for, for that specific project. Maybe I'm styling them for a magazine. Maybe I'm styling them for a red carpet appearance, or maybe, you know, they're not really like a actress or anything. They're a high profile person in their industry and I'm styling them for an event that they're hosting. Um, so whatever that is, I make a mood board, which is a um, collage of Im- inspiration images, basically. So you get inspiration from, you know, photos that you might see on Instagram or Pinterest or Google images, put that all together and you say, okay, so this is what we're going for. You know, so we discuss what I'm, what pieces of clothing I'm going to get when I go out to the showrooms and showrooms are the place that I get clothes most of the time. So I like to explain showrooms as fashion libraries. So a lot of people think that, 
we pay for clothes they're, they see all these clothes they're like oh my god you must have you know all this money but it's we don't pay for clothes as <laughs> stylists um so basically like a library you go in you know you sign up you put your you know information down just in case and you borrow the clothes you get a certain amount of clothes to borrow at each place you know each place has their own policy um you bring back the clothes in good condition you, you know you dry clean it make sure nothing's ripped make sure nothing is smelly if they if it's like 80 degree la weather so basically you know like a library you bring it back in the condition that it was given to you you don't get charged but if something is wrong then you know they have your credit cards on file so you know they deal with that so um yeah so i after i borrow clothes from the showroom we do a fitting and that's where we go through all their favorite items on the rack sometimes some people they want to try on everything i've been in that situation other clients who i love they they're like that's the one within five minutes so every client is different so um the fitting um we try on the clothes we get the accessories and the shoes and get the look together um i take a photo and then i make sure to send them a photo and say okay remember you're wearing this ring on the index finger and this ring on the pinky so it's like you get very deep like it is a look like everything you see on the red carpet like it is very what's the word like it is very calculated like there's nothing by chance on the red carpet so even though, like a necklace it was well thought out so it's like this whole process and after that after this person wears it for the magazine cover or um, photo shoot or whatever it might be um we take the clothes back and do it all over again so that's styling in a nutshell now I didn't even ask you this and I'm very curious about this of like when you were a little girl, were you like obsessed with clothes or was this kind of something that started maybe in your teenage or early adult years where you were like, this is cool. Like I want to go into the fashion world. Yes. Yeah, so I actually, uh, I can pinpoint it exactly when I got into fashion, when I was in fourth grade, I was 10 years old. I was a girl scout and one of my projects <laughs> together Really? <laughs> One of my um, projects to get a badge was to sew something. And that was my first introduction into fashion. And I was like, oh my God, this is what I want to do. And oh. whenever the teacher would ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would say a fashion designer. So I knew from a young age that I wanted to do this. And I kind of reverse engineered my life to make sure that I ended up in this path um i ended up finding a high school here in the la school district that has a fashion program so you know in high school i was learning how to sew i did internships um they had us do internships for our senior year so it was an amazing experience to give me a um a head start into the industry as a teenager yeah before, yeah and so so you're from the la area then right yeah. Okay, yeah. so, so um, I was born in a very, very small country called Belize in Central America, but we came out here when I was around six years old, so okay. I just you know, say I'm from LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's right. I remember you saying that. I had totally forgotten about that. Um, okay, so you're here. You're um, in LA now. Do, are you, do you go to school in New York or you stay in LA for school? Oh, yes. So funny story. <laughs> I, so I'm a huge fan of, you know, the law of attraction and manifesting my dreams. And it's worked for me, you know, I'd say like 90% of the time. So, but it didn't work for me when I went to college because I literally told everyone who would listen that I'm going to the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York. Like in my mind, I was like, 
it's New York or nowhere. Like I can't be in fashion if it's not in New York. Like I had this mindset in my life. And I was just like, LA is like, the fashion here is nothing compared to there. Like that's the only, like if you make it there, you make it anywhere. So I was dead set on New York. And when I got that rejection letter, like I was so like, my world was shattered. So um, I ended up actually getting a scholarship to the college I ended up going to. So I ended up working out, but this is why I strongly feel like everything, like literally everything happens for a reason because I might not, have gotten that internship at BCBG if I was in New York and I might not have been exposed to styling in the way that I was and I might not have discovered styling until well you know after I graduated or you know so many things could have happened so I believe everything happens for a reason because you know ultimately it's going to end up in our favors and that's why you know that's why I could laugh when I talk about you know getting laid off and all that all that stuff because all the companies, like, I kid you not, all the companies that I applied to for jobs, like, they ended up going bankrupt and, like, you know, certain things happen. So I'm like, wow, I have been protected from so many things that I couldn't have foreseen. So that's the only reason I'm able to say, oh, yeah, you know, they didn't hire me or, you know, it was a, they laid me off or whatever it was because it ended up working out of my favor. Yeah. And you have that story that you can really pinpoint everything and be like, Oh, this happened because of this and this, you know, which I think is very, very inspiring for people who not even in the fashion world, but who are interested in starting their own business and, you know, who might not be like in your case, you, you said you were like a glorified UPS worker, right? So their, their skill set might not be being used in the right way. Um, I think that's hysterical by the way. I really love I, I can I can pack and tape and ship a box like no other. Way. I bet your Christmas <laughs> gifts, like the way you wrap gifts for people, are immaculate. Immaculate. Listen, listen, but the thing is also because I look back on that. Yes, I was a UPS person, but another skill that I learned that ended up helping me as a stylist, I learned about international shipping. I learned about mm. customs, like that stuff they do not teach you in school so again even though that was not the most fun experience i still took away some skills from that i love that and thank you for saying that because i I think you hit it spot on of you might be miserable in your job you might and even if you're not miserable even if you just know that this isn't it try to take in all of the skills you know that you're learning and the things that you know and you may not know them yet but what you're going to be able to apply eventually one day i've seen my boyfriend do it in almost every role that he's been in and he has said the same thing of you of had i not done this i wouldn't have been able to understand how to do this and it's like you excuse my language but sometimes you've got to eat shit and able to get to the right stuff, you know, in order to do the thing you're meant to do. You do. And I, I hate to sound like kids these days because, you know, like, I feel like we're, we're both in our twenties, like, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I feel like, you know, this next generation, maybe it's like the Gen Z, um, they don't want to do that. They just want to get straight to the red carpets and straight to the glamorous photo shoots. But it's like, no, this is what you see on my Instagram, but this is all that you didn't see that led up to that. So you have to know, like, there's more behind everything. And now, is that something that you talk about a lot with your community? Absolutely. But you know what? <laughs> People just do not believe that it's not this glamorous thing. So I'm like, okay, you, you know, you'll, you'll find out for yourself. Wait, so don't try to tell you. Yeah, I don't tried. I tried to warn you. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, I've always been very transparent. Like I'm not the type to, you know, sell, sell the dream without telling you like what it really consists of and not to be negative or anything, but just like giving you my perspective and just being authentic because I would want someone to be honest like hey like this is what you're getting into this is what to expect but you know what like at the end it's going to be worth it so I think about that a lot with teaching um especially because I think it's also like when I say I'm a teacher people aren't like oh my god you know like I'm never going to be interacting with Beyonce on a photo shoot or anything (laughs) you just never know you never know you never know but you know that's one of the things like I had a girl reach out to me recently and, you know, she asked about teaching and, um, you know, what to study in college and all this stuff. And I didn't study education in college. And so I was just like, Hey, this is what I have learned. Like actually being in the classroom, like go and get into the classroom, go and get that internship experience. Even if you're not paid, I have done so many jobs where I haven't been paid and it's just been such valuable experience. Um, and I, I can say that, you know, I, I think there's a level of that where I've been fortunate enough or I've, I've had a safety net. Um, but it also doesn't mean that it doesn't suck, you know, to be working super hard. And even for college credit, I can't tell you, I wrote so many pieces and I did so much stuff for just a byline credit or for a college course credits, which is, I could go off on a tangent on that, but I think it's so important to talk about, you know, in my case, it's like, I will tell you about the kid who had a straight up panic attack in my classroom one day. I will tell you about the kids who get in a wrestling match, you know, like you've got to talk about the ugly before you can really appreciate you know, those beautiful moments that come with the job. And I I think that's applicable to any job that you're in. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you just, you know, got to know the real. And I also think that's why my audience is attracted to me is because I am authentic. You know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not selling the glamour Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, real estate. I'm not the type to say, move to, you know, New York or LA and quit your job. Like I know a lot of people, especially on Instagram, these motivational speakers, they say that, but I'm just like, LA is expensive. So make sure you come prepared. Make sure you save before you get here. So yeah. There's like taking a leap of faith and then there's just like being dumb and there's yeah. a difference. So guys, you don't be, be dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You definitely got to be strategic if you want to come here and, you know, stay afloat. Yeah. So you made a comment about how you reverse engineered this life now that you've been living. And so I want to dive into that a little bit and we don't have to make it specific to, you know, what you're doing, but when you talk about reverse engineering, what did you do? What are some skills or some, some advice that you could give to our listeners who, um, who want to do this and who know what that end goal is, but they don't know the steps to take. Mm -hmm. I would say start where you are now and do what you can. I feel like so many people are waiting for this perfect moment or for the stars to align before they go towards something like, no, start now. Like, I feel like, you know, everybody's at home right now. Um, Start making connections, whether that's on LinkedIn or start marketing yourself on Instagram, use TikTok, you know, start branding yourself as a stylist, like just do something rather than just sitting at home and wishing, you know, like, we are living, even though it's crazy times, we're living in the best time still because we're interconnected by social media and by the internet. So, you know, if you want to be a stylist, maybe you're in a smaller city, use social media to your advantage, start making YouTube videos, giving tutorials on how to dress for different body types, um, start showing how to um, wear 
jeans three different ways, you know, just provide something useful to your audience. And they're going to start, you know, similar to how my audience started sharing with other people and that started growing my following, then it's going to happen for you. Um, and start finding out, like, depending on what type of depending on what type of styling you want to do, reach out to that person, or maybe you want to be a fashion editor. Maybe you want to write fashion stories for the Vogue website. Find out who's doing that. Ask them for an informational interview via Zoom. Just start somewhere. Just, you know, start really educating yourself on what you can do. And then that's going to, you know, once you get that initial bit of information, then you can start saying, okay, so this is what I want to do. And this is what I'm, um, these are the steps that I need to do to get there. So just start. I love that. Just start. And you know, there is no right time. If I have learned anything, there is no right time. The stars are really never going to align. It's just get off your butt and make it happen. That that's the stars aligning. It's you realizing that it's time to make a move. Exactly. And I feel like, especially as women, I mean, we sometimes have analysis paralysis, I call it. And we're just like, okay, I got to figure it all out before I start. But I promise, just take that first step and the doors are going to open for you. The opportunities, like the ideas are going to start coming to you, whatever it is, it's going to, you just have to take that first step. I listened to um, the Skinny Confidential podcast and Michael Bostic, I don't know if you've ever listened to it. Um, it's a, a, a husband and wife and he always says, he says, launch fast and adjust quickly. So mm-hmm. launch it, get it out there and then make the adjustments. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just put it out in the world and then make the, the adjustments that you need to make. Everything will be okay. And I, yeah. I've heard this, um, this great quote, it said, if you launch your product and it's perfect, like the first version of your product was perfect, then you waited too late. Mm. So, you know, I'm even looking back now to like the very first fashion mentor logo. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Like, what was I thinking with that font? Like comic sans? Like, <laughs> I, I do that too. Like I, you know, the, the podcast, so it's July when we're recording the podcast initially launched in January and I would like go back and I'd be like, ew, like, why did I put, that doesn't even look good. I definitely didn't put time into it. And then I'm like, why did I only get five likes? And it's like, because it's ugly and like, it doesn't make sense. So that's why. <laughs> no, that's why. That makes <laughs> yeah. sense. You just, you can always change things up and upgrade later. And I will tell, I will tell you, I have learned so much in these seven months of doing this. And I'm sure you have the same within your two years. Like there's so much to be learned about something that you are not familiar with. Um, and you know, like I think of the two of us of like, you had the passion for styling. I love telling people stories. So those were the two things that we had. I didn't know anything else. I didn't know what mic to get. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know, you know, there's so many unknowns, but you just consult Google and you figure it out and you make it happen. Yes. Just Google it and figure it out. Google Everything is, is Googleable. Googleable. Mm-hmm. Googleable. There we go. Um, Google. So we have a segment on the podcast called truth in trial. And so my question to you is what has been the greatest trial that you faced in your career and what did you learn from it? Hmm, The greatest trial. That's an interesting one. Um, I'm like, so many things are like popping up in my head right now. You're like, you have 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. I'm like, oh my God, like which one? <laughs> um, 
in my styling career or in like fashion mentor or like both? Whichever one stands out to you the most, whichever one that you feel has catapulted you into the woman you are now and the, the businesswoman you are. I would say initially for fashion mentor, when I had this vision of doing live events, similar to what you were just saying right now about not knowing what mics or anything, like where to even start. I have never put on an event. First of all, I have this fear of public speaking. So I'm like, why did I even like decide to do this? <laughs> you know, I already put it on Instagram, so it has to happen. So <laughs> the day of, they're like, where's Brittany? And it's like, oh, she's hiding. She's not coming. She doesn't like to speak in public. <laughs> right, right, right. That's literally, and my face is on the poster. <laughs> but I would say that initial, like, I had no idea where to hold the venue nothing about event production. I literally, for that first event, I brought a, my mic system was like a karaoke thing I got from Amazon oh, with like two mics with like colorful designs. <laughs> so it was that, that trial was just like figuring it out. You know, I had the vision. Now, how was I going to execute it? I had no idea. And you know what? I just went for it. I asked some of my stylist friends, hey, do you want to be on a panel? Um, they were like, sure, let's do it. Um, and then I asked this photographer that I've worked with in the past. I said, hey, you know, you just opened your studio. I would love to, you know, bring my audience of aspiring creatives to your studio, you know, give you that exposure um, in exchange for me hosting my event. And that ended up working out. Um, and we had like over 100 people show up. Um, I had no idea wow. about sponsorship. So, you know, I just like reach out to people and get some, get some libations for the event. <laughs> so it, I just figured it out and it was a huge, you know, trial because I, I literally had no idea where I was even going to start. Um, you know, I, again, I didn't even know where I was going to even going to be held. Um, so yeah, that was just the biggest trial. And then, you know, getting that initial that initial support and then when it happened because I feel like you said something earlier that um really stood out to me um that some people in my industry might be upset about me I guess revealing secrets um and honestly those thoughts crossed my mind as well yeah. I was like oh my god like what if I get blackballed you know all those things yeah. like crossed my mind. and I even had other stylists um you know I want to say friends but like stylist acquaintances <laughs> they would come up to me and they'll be like oh like you know you're giving away the keys and all that and I'm just like I mean you know not really because even though I give information doesn't mean they're gonna execute you know Absolutely. and like there's some things where I'm like oh my god like you know I might want to write a book and now I google everything about writing a book and I never do it you know <laughs> so yeah. I feel I mean you might have all the tools but if you don't do anything with them like Cool. You got some information, but you're not making anything happen. Exactly. So yeah, those are like the initial humps of getting fashion venture started. Okay. I love it. So now, um, one of the other things that I totally forgot to bring up was you have a podcast. I do. Fashion I do. school dropout, right? Tell me all about it. 
Yes. So um, Fashion School Dropout is my podcast where I interview not just stylists, but other people in the industry just to get that different perspective. Um, So I've had trademark lawyers on there talking about, you know, copyright issues with designers. That's a huge thing in the fashion industry. And I wanted up and coming designers to know what to watch out for, how to go about that trademark process. Um, And just it's really about providing value. I have other stylists. I have designers. I have jewelry designers. I have... um, um, you know, people talking about sustainability, all different topics yeah. within the realm of fashion. And again, it's one of those things that I wish I had when I was starting out. So it's just um, another, you know, sub um, offshoot of fashion mentor. So it's just another like, way to get blackballed from the fashion community. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I just love, you know, I just love drama. <laughs> But I do, man. I think the stuff you're doing, like you, again, you speak to that whole idea, be who you needed when you were younger, be who you need now. And, you know, especially because your audience for the most part is women, like how cool, like to me, you're that graphic of each woman, like lifting the other one up because you're saying like, this is what I didn't have. This community is kind of screwed in this way. So like, let me help you. Let me do something. And you have built this awesome business as a result of helping people. Like, that's awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's really my goal at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone said it beautifully, lifting as I climb. Um, Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So that's, you know, what I aspire to do. So Brittany, tell people where we can hang out with you. So you can hang out with me on Instagram, on my personal, at Brittany Diego, or if you're interested in a fashion career, um, you can check out fashionmentor.co, not .com, .co, (laughs) and the Instagram is the exact same, Instagram at fashionmentor.co, and you can find the Fashion School Dropout wherever you find, um, listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, um, anywhere, so yeah. And you guys know the drill. Everything will be linked in the show notes. So make sure you follow up with Brittany. If you have questions, like reach out, ask her some things, join this awesome community she's built. Um, Brittany, it was such an honor getting to talk to you and getting to learn more about you. Thank you so much for coming on 20 Something Trials. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun chatting.